Hi, I'm Davey Green, and welcome to episode four of season 21 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. On the show today, I'm talking to Charlie Johnston, Chief People Officer at Mambu. That's the opportunity for the, the people function right now is to to really be embracing that leadership, I think right now in this moment has changed beyond all recognition. You know, COVID sped up so much and I think the rules of leadership have significantly changed. And I think there's a lot of leaders are hoping that we go back to the yesteryear. And and I genuinely think we're not going back there. I certainly don't think employees want us to go back there. And I think those leaders of tomorrow are really recognizing that, are really thinking about how do we create that kind of leadership with heart? How do we really think about trust? How do we sort of really, really get ahead of our people and be there for our people, be servants to our people? And I and and to me, that is the opportunity for for the HR professionals right now is to really take grasp that, you know, evolution of leadership. Throughout our conversation. Charlie shares his illuminating perspective on how HR can partner effectively with the business and the role of HR in supporting business leaders and their teams. We also discuss the differences between running HR in a large company and a smaller startup environment. We explore the capabilities that HR needs to be successful in the future. We look at how to make sure that HR is always focused on supporting the business strategy And then finally, Charlie shares his thoughts on the future of employee experience and how technology will support this. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Charlie Johnson, Chief People Officer at Mambu to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the show, Charlie. It's great, great to have you on the show. Can Can you provide listeners with a brief introduction to you and your role at Mambu, please. Fantastic, David. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to come along here today and talk to you. Yeah, I'm uh, Charlie. I'm the people officer, chief people officer here at Mambu. Uh, we're a Series E scale up in the core banking software space where we offer a cloud-based software solution. And I would like to say, you know, we're disrupting the traditional rules of banking. And right now we're getting close to a thousand employees. We're about 11 years old. We've had phenomenal growth in the last couple of years. And I joined last June to support Eugene Danilkis, our co-founder and CEO. And I do your typical CPO role. Which we'll definitely dive into a little bit. But you've had quite a journey to, to get to Mambu. And, and um, so I'd love to hear a, a little bit about your career history and how you even got into HR in the first place. Yeah, happy to do that. So I mean, when I was uh, when I was growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But my grandfather was this amazing role model for me. He was a businessman in Scotland, and uh, he had such great philosophies on life, on leadership, and on organisation and teams. And you know, I guess I guess I got fascinated by just his wisdom and what he'd share with us. And he was always like, look, get into business and sort of, you know, be open to what the opportunities are. So I did a business studies degree and part of that degree, you did a placement. And I was lucky enough to be put into IBM as part of my uh, industrial uh, placement and, and spent some really quality time there with their personnel department at the time. And uh, learned a lot about, you know, all the different kind of roles within uh a people function and at the end of my uh, assignment there 
they basically offered me a, a placement on their HR leadership program. And I like to think, you know, both, I've only worked at IBM, Cisco and Mambu and I've been working for 20 plus years, but I would say in my career, both IBM and Cisco, I had multiple sort of chapters. I, 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 you know, there was different roles that I would do and particularly IBM, there was this really active involvement in your career and getting you to move around and experience different things. And that's what I really appealed to me at the beginning of my HR career but sort of later on, I realized I really love this whole business partnering piece and working with a business leader, helping support them and their teams. And uh, through the various roles I've had over the years um, at, at IBM, I sort of came to a point where I was like, right, it's time for me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and do something else. And I was actually at the top of my game, I think, at IBM. A lot of people were like, why are you leaving at this point in time? And I was like, just because I feel like it's time for something else. Yeah. Cisco came along. And uh, there was opportunity to be the HR director for the UK. I did that for a few years. Then I went on to be the EMEA VP of HR. And then an opportunity came up, came up with Cisco to go to corporate to take on a global HR leadership role. And I did that back in 2015. Myself and my partner, we moved out to California. And uh, I did that basically from 2015 to 2021. And then last year, I had this appetite to get back to Europe from a personal perspective, but I also wanted to do something different. And again, a lot of people were like, why are you leaving right now? But I just felt like the time was right for me to push myself to go and do something else. And I didn't want to do another corporate role in the same way that I'd had. I knew I wanted to work in a more scale-up type of environment. I knew I probably wanted like Series D. I was really looking for something that was European headquartered. I'd had some good advice from a mentor, you know, go for something that's probably 500 plus employees at the stage you join. Um, but, you know, the most important thing for me when I was looking at the role was, you know, what's the appetite of the leader to sort of progressive HR? Like I'm not an administrative HR person. I want to come in and transform. And uh, that was the opportunity here at Mambu, Eugene. So I said, look, I know we need to transform our people and culture agenda. I don't quite know what to do. I'm needing someone that can help me do that. And it was just the perfect role for me at the perfect time. And, and we're certainly, I know we're going to delve into that relationship that you, that you have of, of forming with the CEO, um, you know, because I think there's something that a lot of listeners will be interested in, you know, the, 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 the excitement, the opportunities, and maybe some of the challenges of working with a, with a founder CEO. But obviously you worked at Cisco and IBM for, for, a, for a quite a long time, um, yeah. or most of the 20 years, as you said. And you know they they're rightly recognised as two of the more progressive organisations when it comes to HR, big organisations. What I'd love to understand, maybe you know, what are some of the main differences or, or even similarities that you've found, you know, working in HR in a big global company, and HR at a fast-growing company like Mambu? Yeah, I mean, actually, what I think, David, is that there's more that's similar than there's not, and I think that's probably been my biggest learning as I've come in here. You know, we're trying to hire the best talent. We're trying to get people to collaborate more effectively together. We're trying to put people in culture at the center of business strategy. We're thinking about whether the organizational structure is going to meet the changing demands of the, the of our customers. We're thinking about succession. We're thinking about team dynamics, inclusion and diversity, getting the right balance on the running the business with change the business as a, as a people function. You know, we're really thinking about how we kind of 
maintain that entrepreneurial spirit that's got Mambu to where we are today, but how do we sort of globalize and scale? You know, how do we make sure we've got those leaders that can lead for sort of two to three years out, not out, not just today? And then of yeah. course, uh, you know, managing the, the geopolitical, social, and demographic issues. So responding to everything that's going on in the world. So I would essentially say 800 people or 30,000 people, it's essentially the same issues we face. I think the big difference, and, and you know, everyone told me this, but nothing prepared me for it, is uh, the pace. You know, the pace is relentless. I mean, it really is. I think our business is doubling in size every 12 to 18 months. You know, the growth within roles, uh, we need people to kind of outpace the company. So, we, we, you know, you're having to sort of really push yourself, stretch yourself, and really that sort of attracting talent that can do that, I think, is a major issue for us. And we need leaders who are very comfortable with, you know, tons of ambiguity, tons of change, tons of uncertainty. And I look, I, I've always worked in organizations where that has been absolutely the thing I would say about them too. But here yeah. it just feels like there's really significant polarities, contradictions, you know, that we need to move fast, but actually we need to just slow down for a second and just think before we make that decision and plan a bit better. We need to really drive this kind of global piece because we have this big aspiration um, and we need to sort of not lose sight of who we really, really are as a company and what we're doing in terms of how we're driving sustainability. So those are the things that I think I've I've struggled with. I'm, if I'm honest, at times, David, I'm sort of like, wow, this is just intense. Um, but that's the growth. Like, that's the moments when I go, okay, this is why you came here, Charlie. This is all about seeing whether you can do this and learning and growing and sort of building your resilience. And that's the part that's been so exciting about it. And, and you, you talked about culture there, you know, obviously Cisco, IBM, you know, well-established cultures, but in a company such as, as Mambu, which is doubling in size every 12 to 18 months, culture has to evolve even faster, I guess, you know, which is, I guess, a, hey, everyone owns culture within an organization, but the chief yeah. people officer's role yeah. and, the, and the people team's role is very important in, in yeah. that culture. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the big difference with big organizations like IBM and Cisco, where, where it's very common you'll meet people who've got 10 20 30 year service as you come to somewhere like mambu where our average length of service right now is 14 months you know we're, we're, we're we've got people who are you know sort of new to this place and just joined in the last few weeks and we've got people who've been here since it was you know two employees and it's 10 years ago and and they're all in this together and the culture is i, I would say right now going through a bit of a reset where we're really sort of sitting saying okay the leadership that got us to here is probably not the leadership that's going to take us to where we want to go. And I think yeah. that is a difference. And I definitely see that we're having to, to think very creatively about, you know, what is a leader at Mambu in this chap next chapter? Like what how do we sort of codify it? How do we get really clear about it? And and how do we sort of make some really quite difficult decisions? And I think in smaller companies, David. That those small those 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 decisions they're so much more visible. They're, you you really yeah. see them, you feel them because of the size and and impact of them. And a big part I think of our request of our leaders right now, myself included, is this you know choosing to be courageous, choosing to not just go for the easy option, the comfortable option. Even when you think, oh my God, can we take on any more change? It's like. The ability to kind of sort of push yourself and I have to be honest it's one of the things I'm loving right now 
about the leaders that I'm working with is I think there's a lot of people who've just operated in this kind of environment and it's like water off the duck's back. You're like, this is what happens. This is where we're going. We're going to see some fallout. It's okay. Um, and I think that, you know, that that's the opportunity for the, the people function right now is to, to really be embracing that leadership, I think, right now in this moment has changed beyond all recognition. You know, COVID sped up so much. And, and I think the rules of leadership have significantly changed. And I think there's a lot of leaders are hoping that we go back to the yesteryear. And, and yeah. I genuinely think we're not going back there. I certainly don't think employees want us to go back there. And I think those leaders of tomorrow are really recognizing that, are really thinking about how do we create that kind of leadership with heart? How do we really think about trust? How do we sort of really, really get ahead of our people and be there for our people, be servants to our people? And I and and to me, Cisco or Mambu, that is the opportunity for for the HR professionals right now is to really take grasp that you know evolution of leadership. This is probably more generally speaking now. You know the, that opportunity to for for the people team to kind of set the pace there around that never easy. But in some respects, is it easier? <laughs> I can't I can't think of another word for it. In a smaller company, it isn't a big company to so try and turn that big beast. Because I'm just thinking, I'm not again. I'm not talking about IBM specifically. Yeah. IBM three hundred thousand yeah. odd employees yeah. to try and turn leaderships. You know, the way that leadership, you know, they want people in the office, they want to be able to see them, they don't feel they're productive if they're not there. I'm not saying that's what IBM thinks, it's yeah. not. But, you know, in a smaller company such as Mambu, is that is that easier to turn around, do you think? I don't know that it actually is, David. And I think that's probably one of my surprises is because I, I think whether it's 300 people, 50,000 people, it is human beings trying to change the way they do things. And I think there's probably a lot more about in smaller companies, you're just so used to coming together. You're used to off-sites where you would all physically get to the same place. And in this new world, you know, you've got all these new people coming in and you're, you're no longer doing some of these things. So I do think um, there's similarities and then there are some differences. But I think this is the... This again, I go back to this is the opportunity to really listen. And you know, I've just literally came off uh, a session with my team, and, and I've deliberately kind of reframed my all hands to all ears and making this point you know, I really want to listen. I really want to hear your perspectives. Let's use the technology to check in on where you are. Let's really sort of assess what's happening right now for us. So, we actually just used the kind of change curve and so sort I of said where are you using technology right now in the change curve give me your kind of perspective knowing what's going on and trying to reach out to them and then sort of having someone come in to sort of do some team coaching to sort of say look you know here's some of the things that are probably going on right now you know let's let's address how we might work together to solve some of these things and then sort of putting people out, out their comfort zone as well in those moments and this is the great thing about technology we literally put people into breakouts with know people that they didn't know and other teams and sort of got them to get to know each other and sort of think about how they could help each other and I would say those same issues of kind of building trust cross-functional collaboration kind of moving at pace they're, they're the same in any company and I think it really is about in this moment how we all just acknowledge okay there's stuff going on in the world this is the opportunity for the HR and people teams of, of today and tomorrow and sort of getting into that, moving away from the transactional work, because it's really easy to go back to what we know. Let's go, let's go and, you know, 
police things, let's measure things. And, you know, let's be honest, David, you know this better than anyone. That work is all going to be done by machine in the future. The great work, I think, of, 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 of right now and the future is this, let's, let's get in amongst what's really going on from a social capital perspective. How do we influence that? How do we drive change? How do we get people connected to the opportunity? And how do we work in this fundamentally different way where we're all challenged? as well. I think there's not a single person not challenged with everything that's going on in the world. Just as we get through COVID, there's all sorts of stuff going on, um, you know, in Ukraine right now. Like, how does that impact our people? So it's just, I think there's a lot happening. I think it's not easy. And I actually think there's just much more that's similar than there's not. Maybe a lesson for leaders is, you know, and it sounds like you're definitely embracing this, more listening, less talking. And that's hard because I think it's also two-way listening, David. So I think part of the change we're going through right now is, you know, certainly what I see is as we're sort of maturing and we're scaling, and and I did get this, you know, a, a good mentor of mine had talked to me about this, this idea that when you sort of get to a 500 people business and you're starting to globalize and you're starting to maybe get ready to go public, you start put in place things that, you know, public companies have. And some people just don't like that. They like the sort of chaos. They like the the real freedom, the lack of policy, the lack of structure. And some people will fall out. And we're definitely seeing that right now. And I think there's a bit about we need to listen. And there's also a bit about we need to have a very adult, adult conversation. Like, it's like, look, this is where we're going. We hear you. But, you know, some of this stuff for these reasons is happening. Like, like we want to try and do everything we can to work with you to make this a great experience for you. But this is a direction of travel. And let's be honest, if this is not what you want to do, let's have that conversation. And that's okay. Like, you know, everyone, you know, should be able to fulfill their potential in whatever way is important to them. And I think that's the important thing right now is that those adult to adult conversations, I think, are the really you know, listening and having those conversations where you can both hear each other's perspectives, not here to respond, but here to really deeply listen and then have the sort of, okay, well, how do we move forward? How do we sort of contract and what's right for you versus me? You said, Charlie, that one of the things that you found that you particularly enjoyed early in your HR career and obviously carried that through was the business partnering piece, working directly with with the business. Obviously at Manboo, you're working directly with a founder CEO. How is that different? to working with the executives you've worked with at bigger companies and you know what are some of the best qualities that you've seen in a leader and 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 the role of HR in supporting them yeah I mean look I love my role and I think the business business partnering piece of my role is the bit that I probably enjoy the most and if I think about over the course of my career I've had the privilege privilege of working with some of the best leaders ever and uh, you know they've they've been great for different reasons um, yeah. And, you know, every one of them has had different strengths, you know, brought different energy in different ways and had different opportunities for growth. And as an HR professional, that's part of your your challenge is to kind of work out what, where am I going to play? How am I going to add value to them? How am I going to complement them? You know, we've got to be their conscience. We've got to be their coach. We've got to be, yeah. you know, build that sort of relationship of trust. You've got to be able to push them, hold up the mirror challenge them and you have to be independent like you you play a role particularly in the cpo role where the board will ask your opinion on the performance of your boss and you've got to be able to get that balance right and be objective and authentic and you know i always say like i think see the ceo role is a lonely role and and that for me is the starting point so you, you kind of go okay 
all of our roles are tough. How do I add value to those leaders? So it's it's the same formula, I would say, big company or small company. You know, working with a founder CEO for me was the growth area. I've mostly worked yeah. with very experienced um, executives who've worked uh, in you know large global firms. Eugene has worked predominantly here. This has been his baby for the last eleven years. And what I, I admire about him, and he's a co-founder, so there was a couple of others uh, who one is still in the business and one is now outside of the business. But, you know, he's got this, he and they have got this business to recently be valued at 5 billion. We're about to hit 1,000 people. Um, you know, there was times, and you'll tell the stories of when they, they, they couldn't pay themselves. You know, they didn't know whether it was going to work. Lots of highs, but you know, it's a number of lows as well. And so I admire his tenacity and ability to that. And I love the fact, and then he was sort of talking about this earlier, David. You know, we can have all sorts going on where I'm like, wow, like, how are we going to get through this? And he is like, absolutely, like, we're going to get through this, Charlie. This is the next chapter. Like, we're going for this. And so I just love the sort of partnership that we have. And I think what's been really appealing for me is that openness he's got to, like, I know we want to do things differently. I don't quite know what I don't know. I need to bring sort of new players in around me to help me sort of step into this next chapter. And uh, I'm really open to sort of thinking about what we might want to do. So, you know, where do you think we can go in the next three to four years? Uh, let's work together on this. And, you know, the non-negotiable for me, in all of these jobs is always, look, the leader I support is the leader. They're there for a reason. And I think it can be very easy, particularly probably in a, in a scale-up environment, to start to take things away from that leader and go, well, I'll do it for you. I'll make it easy for you. And what I'm always really clear on is, look, you're the leader. I'm here to facilitate. I'm here to coach. I'm here to support. I'm here to tell you how I might do it, but you need to do it. And I think, yeah. you know, that's been the, the beautiful thing about working with Eugene here is he's like, yeah, tell me how, let's work together. Let's sort of build this next chapter. And he's pushing me. So David, you know, we had a situation where I thought I was being quite innovative and sort of pushing the boundaries. And he's like, I don't think you're pushing nearly enough. I want us to be out there, which was like music to my ears. It was like, I love to innovate. So it's like having someone who's like really pioneering going like that's kind of following what everyone else is doing. I want to be that company that's doing something no one else is doing. I'm like, right, we're going to go and do that. So that has been great for me. So I think every leader has brought me something different and that's the growth opportunity. Um, and I think that's a major part of what's important in this role. And then I think that integrity of the role you play that, that I would hope that if you went and talked to any of the leaders that I've supported over the years, they'd say, look, Charlie does this in service of supporting me, but he's also not afraid to do the tough things as well. Hold up the mirror, challenge me, coach me, support me in a sort of very supportive way and sort of be in it together. I think that's really critical. When we come back in just a moment, Charlie talks about his role as a Chief People Officer and how he's trying to create an exceptional employee experience at Mambo. This series of the Digital HR Leaders podcast is sponsored by 365 Talents. 365 Talents is a talent management platform that uses artificial intelligence to increase internal mobility, engage your employees and prepare for the future. Is 2022 the year you are looking to transform your workforce? Are you ready to become a boardroom rock star? 
If you are looking for better skills, better careers, better business, look no further. 365 Talents is already transforming HR at companies such as EY, Alliance, and Bearing Point. Want to know how? Follow our journey and learn how improving talent experience will boost your business outcomes at 365talents.com. That's 365talents.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast with Charlie Johnston. Now, back to the conversation. Right. And, and, and then let's expand a little bit more about the, the, your role as CPO. And you've talked yeah. about some of this already. So, yeah. but, you know, pick, what attracted you to the environment? I think we covered that a little bit. Yeah. What do you hope to achieve there? And maybe what you hope to achieve there in the context of, you know, making, making the future of work happen? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the opportunity, I think, for, for Mambu right now is we want to make banking better. And, you know, our technology is behind the scenes, enabling a lot of the new fintechs and enabling a lot of the, the traditional banks. And let's be honest, David, banking has got to get better for us all as consumers. I mean, it is still not as intuitive uh, as as it should be and 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 really you know focused on us as customers and and so that has been the kind of primary goal of the business and I think what I've been talking to Eugene about is I believe a, a secondary goal if not as important as that goal is being that role model to our customers of employing people in a fundamentally different way of basically um, creating a different em, em, employee experience and, and, and people looking at us and going, okay, wow, they're doing some pretty cool things over there that maybe others thought you couldn't do. And like the great thing is that's the openness here. So, you know, Mambu was actually one of the first companies in Europe to, to think about the four-day work week. We were doing that many years ago. We did it first in the summer and started to look at what we could do to expand it. And we're in the middle of going, could we do it? more than that and I think this is a good example of you know well what might be beyond four-day work week and it feels like lots of people are doing that now what is the next thing beyond that I've no idea we're kind of thinking that through right now but that's the kind of thing that excites me about Mambu I think is this ability to to tie the transformation we're going through ourselves to the business strategy the kind of idea that we might be out there with customers modeling it and then I think for me was just the culture and I had talked to a number of companies and and this one felt different to me. There was something quite unique about it. A, it's very global, so we're in 30 countries. Um, you know, there's a lot of diversity. I think there's a sort of real human heart sort of led type of culture here. It's a very collaborative culture. You know, I think this company is always kind of really aspired to do some really big things. And, and I think for me as well was just as I came in here and talked to people, there was just this opportunity, I think, for the function to sort of step up to more than just a transactional function, like to be that transformational function, to be the function that's at the front and centre of the change we're trying to drive. And, uh, you know, the, the other big thing for me was knowing now what I know about sort of work was how could I get as close as possible to the headquarters and be back in Europe? And so for me, that was another big thing I was thinking about. 
when I was looking at roles and obviously as a European headquartered cloud-based firm, that's that's been you know a big thing for me because I want to be able to be at the centre trying to drive the change. And, and I think that is really critical and being close to the and close to the leadership team um, as well. And you know, I think I said to you earlier on in this, David, I wanted something different. And I, I remember saying to a, co- a couple of recruiters, I'm just going to know when I'm going to know. And they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I, I'm going to go with my gut. And I am in this wonderful position that I can do that. And this thing, and I, there was lots of great opportunities. But this one, for some, for some reason, just felt like, God, I think this is going to be hard work. And I like that. I, you know, I think this is kind of like, where's it going to go? I, I want to be part of that. I want to sort of try and shape that. And that is the beautiful thing about working in a smaller firm. You can really see the impact of who you recruit, the kind of teams you've got, you know, the strategy you've got, like you can really start to feel that. So that's probably why I went for this job at this moment in time. And and great for as a chief people officer coming in, to come into a company that is prepared to be innovative and, you know, try things like four day working weeks and, yeah. and, and, and aspire to do more different things which I guess acts as a as a great tool to attract develop retain talent as well yeah definitely and and I think um you know we are working through exactly what are what are the opportunities for us what do our people want you know I think listening to them right now do some real deep listening and what's important to this sort of new new company it's all it does feel like a new company lots of people who've been here a long time are saying that to me like we've got the, the, the people who've grown up with us, this company is shifting and how do we shift with that I think is is really critical and you know the important thing I think in these kind of roles as well is the balance on the day-to-day operational with the strategic visionary where we want to go and and you know you do have to be much more hands-on in a scale-up environment and you have to sort of be willing to roll your sleeves up and, and you know again I think when you come from a big company where you've got you know, well set up and, you know, great infrastructure, great technology, great data. You come to something else that's like, you go, God, like, how do we get things done? But you can see, again, see the opportunity, like, let's go and try some things out and you can do it very quickly as well, which is all the stuff that I'm really enjoying. But, you know, where's another example, perhaps, of something you've seen as best practice in one of your previous roles that that maybe you're looking to build on or or replicate at at Mambo or or is it something different maybe you're looking at doing? Well I I mean I do think that a lot of the work that was done at Cisco around you know what does a great team look like you know what what how is leadership evolving I, I think was definitely you know leading edge at that time and I think a lot of companies are catching up and I think it's so relevant particularly in this sort of dynamic world like how are teams forming the fact that there's more agility the fact we're using technology people aren't coming together so I feel like there's an opportunity to take some of that rich learning from then which was you know based on a study we did of the best teams and then replicate that I think there's probably something similar we want to do here at Mambu and I think that was a great piece of work and then I think you know a lot of the work we did in the last couple of years at Cisco around driving inclusion and diversity into absolutely everything and really kind of leaving no stone unturned on you know what you might challenge the the things you might do differently to to basically drive to that sort of much more equitable uh, workplace I think there's a lot we're we're thinking about what can we do here in our environment as well and I think you know just the whole way you use technology 
to sort of drive a scorecard to sort of predict things to kind of start sort of sort of pushing that into to leaders as well to nudge them to do things like I, I feel like there's a lot around that that I 100% I'm bringing into to this place and sort of going look this is our opportunity and then I think for Mambu the differentiation is really going to be around I think how we scale how we attract talent how we employ talent um our talent brand you know it's it's it, I, you know it's much harder when you're a much smaller company uh, how do you build that? So there's a lot I think we can do that can be quite innovative in that space. And I think I, I touched on it earlier, David, you know, I think a big piece of work we're doing that right now is just really getting clear about who we are and actually not making that something that we make up in HR or someone from some consultant comes in and tells us, but actually going out and listening to our people, like what's it really like here? What's great? What's holding us back? Like, you know, what's your biggest dream for this place? And actually really, you know, helping co-create that sort of vision of the next two to three years. So we're right in the middle of that, which I'm really excited about as well. Cause I think that is sort of helping us have that North star for all we do and you know I've done similar things in the past but I think this is just this is just such a unique opportunity at this moment yeah yeah it sounds I mean yeah I mean, otherwise people in HR or a brand agency come in yeah you know, who's best to tell you what it's like than the people that are actually you know, working there so yeah and I think you know what we're sort of saying is to our people right now is we've created something through you know it's 99% created by them with some creative license around it but taking all the words from their 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 discussions but it's incredibly aspirational. And people are saying, are, can we really be that company? And, and I'm like, that's exactly why we're putting this out here. We want to be that company. We want to kind of do, do things that we might, can, can we say that? Can we be that? And, and we're going to do it. You know, like we've got to believe we can do it. So that, that's the bit that's really exciting. So particularly when you've got a boss who's like, right, let's do it, Charlie. We can do this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Uh, and so we're off, we're off and, and getting on with it. So, Charlie, you know, from someone, you know, you know, someone listening to this that's maybe working senior HR on a big company at the moment, maybe thinking about their next move. You know, what would be your advice for someone coming from one of those larger organisations who's looking to move into HR at a smaller organisation? You know, what are some of the benefits and some of the challenges to, to, to consider? I do think that there's a lot that you get from working in a big company that you shouldn't underestimate. I still think a lot of the learning from my formative years, even at IBM, I use today. So I, I, I'm a big advocate for if you can get the opportunity to go onto one of these HR leadership programs in a big global player and just learn, learn, learn about an organization. It's just such a good opportunity because you probably get moved around more and you'll learn about best practice and then you can take that to other places. And I think the big thing is the timing. Like I would always say, be thoughtful about when you want to go and do that. And for me personally, you know, I felt like my career path was like, okay, there's probably one job I can do here. And that one job probably won't come up anytime soon. And I could sit and wait, or I go and do something else and yeah. really push myself. And, and so that was where I was at. And, and I think, you know, just be aware in a scale up that you're really going to need to roll your sleeves up. Like there really isn't sort of this sort of millions of people that are sat around in 
you know providing loads of support there's there's a lot that you have to personally do and it's not maybe as sophisticated so i think one of the things that you know i'm i'm learning right now is to, to build an ecosystem so where once before i had you know great mentors and a sort of infrastructure around me to support me within the people team like peer level support yeah. um even you know just uh thinking about about that has you know made me think about well how am I going to get that in this world because it's lonely like and and yes the CEO will help me from time to time but you know having that sort of person who's been there done it got the t-shirt so you know, getting that mentor externally sort of building that infrastructure of people who are doing similar roles to me around me where we can just say god what how are you dealing with this what what, what are you thinking of here has been really important um and I think for us probably you know, one of the big things I would also say for us all be thinking about as 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 HR professionals is always be thinking about how does this be a stepping stone to whatever it is you want to do next. And I think it's so easy to say, and it's much harder to do that you might just go, I'm going to go for this, but be quite picky. And I remember being in one process for a role where I was just like, I just don't see the connection between me and the CEO and 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 that's so important like it's so yeah. important to this role that you're aligned philosophically and I could feel myself getting lured in for other reasons and I'm like no like no this isn't the right thing so it's and and, and it's back to what what do you do and that was probably something more traditional and aligned to what people would expect me to do and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, if I'm building up my portfolio of experiences to potentially at some point, I don't know, be a consultant, you know, being able to show you can work in different kinds of environments at different, at different stages is an important part of what, what you need to do. So I think it's about, you know, find yourself a mentor, find someone who's in a company like the one you might want to go and work for and go and really understand what's the job like. Yeah. And, you know, what would you recommend? I definitely recommend moving around. Um, and I think it's interesting because there's a sort of bias if you're in a big company and I've been there when I've been in a big company trying to recruit and you see someone from a smaller company going can they come here and operate in this environment and I think there's a bias the other way if you've come from a big company it's like can you operate in a smaller company environment and I actually think we've got to kind of break that down and challenge that as HR professionals but that probably starts with really thinking about yourself and going, well, what might stop you doing that what might be the things you make up about what it's like over there and what might you get from doing that so just having that openness with yourself about what you're willing to do yeah and I think really make great point there you know who's going to be your key stakeholder when you come into any role in any it doesn't matter if you're going for a chief chief officer or what you know who's going to be your key stakeholder and you see yourself working with them and you know, yeah. as you did, well, if you've got any doubts, then maybe that's not the right, that's not yeah. the right for you. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you're looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the MyHR Future Academy. It's a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you'll see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gaps, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. Now let's get back to the conversation with Charlie. 
as he shares his perspective on what skills he thinks HR needs to be successful in the future. Really interesting as well, Charlie. You kind of at the end there, you started, you know, sort of breaking it down to almost like a skills um, sort of level, you know, and understanding skills. It's not necessarily have they worked in a small company or a big company for. What are the skills that they got that they could bring to a to a specific role? You know, as a chief people officer now yourself, you know, what are you focusing on when it comes to building your HR team? And, you know, what are the capabilities generally that you think HR needs to be successful in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think everything right now is about the experience. And, and I think we are so focused quite often as HR professionals on, you know, our roles, what they're supposed to be all about, and not really talking about outcomes. And like, that's kind of been around forever. But I think it's really like happening right now that that becomes so critical is like, what's the experience? What's the impact we're having? So I'm always looking for people who really talk in a business-like way about what they do what they've done and the impact on 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 the business and use metrics and data to tell that story um, i'm always looking for people who are really technology savvy and who can sort of understand the role that technology plays today in organizations and where it's going to play tomorrow um, i really you know non-negotiable for me is that really really strong consulting capability so the ability to problem solve analyze pull together a compelling story drive you know drive towards action like you know that is just so important for us to be credible in the boardroom that 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 kind of capability and then for me it's like what we talked about throughout all of this you know the ability to kind of use data and analytics to tell that story and to have that sort of foundation is just like again non-negotiable and then the difference there is, look, the whole leadership piece we talked about, like we have to walk the talk as HR professionals. We need to be that emotionally and socially intelligent profession. Like we need to be in control of ourselves, leading ourselves, understanding ourselves, knowing what our strengths are, knowing that the strengths are the difference here. So have everyone playing to their strengths will, you know, create that better environment, knowing it's all about relationships and sort of challenging some of these traditional assumptions about things and knowing it's about the team so that kind of we first rather than me first mentality so when I'm looking I'm really getting under the covers on you know who are you like what shaped you what have you learned about yourself like when did you last make a mistake you know how are you on a team how do you lead a team how do you grow um, you know what are you going to need from me in this kind of role and I'm really looking for that sort of depth of maturity or you know if it's a more junior role a willingness to grow and a willingness to learn uh, and that is just so so critical and sort of non-negotiable for me when I'm when I'm looking to fill my roles and now now uh, you know the added to all of that is kind of like ability to deal with tons of ambiguity yeah. like so and now I'm kind of like do you know you need to know what you're walking into here and uh, you're going to, you know, encounter so much change and, you know, so many places where we don't have the answers. How are you going to handle that? And sort of just looking for examples of resilience and ability to sort of manage oneself and, you know, have a good perspective on it. The balance perspective, I think, is really, really important, too. And that's, you know, a lot of things you've talked about there. You know, I, I just note down business focused, that strong consulting skills, experience led. You know, you know, putting the employee at the center, analytical thinking, um, problem solving, data driven. These aren't skills that are typically, I mean, I know some, you know, I'm both know HR professionals that have those skills, but these yeah. aren't skills to 
typically associated with HR. There's quite a shift in the in the focus of the role. I think you talked about less about being transaction based. I think we talked about earlier now yeah. being more outcome focused, focus on what you know what's the impact on the business. Yeah. That's that's quite a change. You know, how do you make sure that HR is closely linked to the business and 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 supports business goals? You know, what are some of the as a C, as a chief people officer, how do you make sure your business partners in particular are, are aligned to the business? I mean, to, for me, it's always been historically and still is to this day contracting with those business leaders and yeah. the their teams around them in really making sure that you're in the thick of the conversations around the business strategy and sort of like, where's this business going? And then, you know, sort of going, you, you using your consulting capability to go, okay, that's the direction of travel. What does that mean from a people and culture perspective? So bringing in those perspectives from outside, bringing in data and insights, you know, using that consulting capability to play back what you've heard and kind of go, well, look, here's my thoughts on some of the things that we should be focused on and then co-creating that because there's nothing worse than you're in the nice meeting talking about business strategy and you go off with your people team and design something in a vacuum. I'm always like, look, the people and culture strategy is owned by the leader that I support. I'm here to facilitate and help support it, but you own it. And that's where I think it's really important. Then, of course, around all of that, you have to have metrics. Like You have to kind of go, okay, well, how are we going to know whether we've been successful? And I think that's part of the challenge in, in our world, it can sometimes be nebulous. And I think we've got to sort of take a step back. And there's so much data available if you've got the right tools to kind of go, well, that's that's not acceptable anymore. We really have to hold ourselves accountable. And then I do think on this employee experience piece, look, and this there's this huge debate I have with people sometimes about, you know, do we call ourselves a, a profession that is here in service of the business or not? And, and I think we get so wrapped up in this intellectual debate. At the end of the day, we exist to support the business and we're here in service of the business. And I truly believe that. So we have to deliver experiences that the business values. We need to hear their voice. We need to respond and listen to what they're thinking about what we're doing. And, you know, this is the balance piece. And we have to also be, okay, part of what we do in services of this business is hold up the mirror. That's less tangible, but that is about, you know, I'll often say to business leader so you know tell me about your relationship with your business partner you know all these great things I go and when did the last challenge you like you know that's important like that that sort of voice of reason bringing value challenging the system challenging the status quo I think it's got to be part of how we hold ourselves accountable I'm not quite sure how we measure that other than just kind of going out and watching that in action David and asking the questions and sort of codifying it through that I think in the future, that's the kind of thing I think technology will be able to sort of help us understand probably better how we're all performing in that regard. Where have you seen a, you know, maybe maybe a man, but maybe at Cisco, I guess, where have you seen a, a really good example of something that, that you know, a program that's really helped drive that employee experience that maybe, as you said, has been co-created with, with employees? I think quite often the listening that we 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 want to do we do but we maybe don't listen as pervasively and actually potentially put your employees in the driving seat of the design and so i do think what i've seen be very successful in the past is kind of go okay blank sheet of paper tell us what you would do how you would do this to a bunch of random employees and 
and and really try and get to the bottom of what it is they really want. And and because quite often people, well, we don't like the reward strategy. Okay, well, what is it? Like if you could if you could design it, like how would it be? What would it be? So we're just doing that right now with a team here at Mambu where you know there's issues about our reward strategy. And the conversation I had with the leader about it is like, let's give them a pot of money and let them work out how they're going to distribute that at the end of the year. Like, is that a team thing? You know, what are the goals? Like, let's just empower them with that money. We'll say we want to do X, Y, Z from a business perspective. You just work out how the hell you're going to do that. If you, that's fair share to everyone. Well, you can do that if it's a different approach. And it's funny to watch it because we've done it and the employees are like, well, can you tell us? And it's like, uh, no, we're, we're trying something new here. So I think there's just... And I think, you know, then I felt myself and the team, okay, we'll go and produce something. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. That's what we've done. And they don't like it. Yeah. So let's, let's really give them the chance. Let's pilot something. So I've seen that be very successful where you just trust people to be grown up and give them the tools to do it. And actually what you, what I think we're finding out, we're in the middle of it right now, is I think the solution that they're probably going to come up with is very similar to the one that we were thinking we were going to have. And it's kind of like, okay, now they've built it, maybe they'll buy into it more and and we'll see what happens. So I think it's that. And then I think, Luke, I think the opportunity that I've seen, particularly in the leadership space is, uh, you know, I remember a challenge and a leader that I worked with a lot for a long time on um, doing something different in this whole emotional and social intelligence space. And she wanted data. And she's like, I want to see the data. I want, what, what is this? And she wanted to do a business game. And I remember having this massive battle with her about, look, let's try something new. Let's just try something different. And I've heard this great feedback about this particular leadership intervention with horses and, and going to an equestrian center and doing it. Now, this was a you know, very senior uh, leader uh, in a company. And, and they, were, they were pushing back. But, you know, there was a bit about, I didn't have the data. I just had all this anecdotal evidence. I could see a couple of teams that had gone through this leadership intervention. And there was definitely data around engagement and where they were. But it, was, it wasn't, I couldn't say it was all this exactly, but they had done a lot of leadership development work. Anyway, we tried it. And, it, you know, she came out of it and we had this amazing experience. And I think everyone, myself included, best leadership development I've ever done. And she said it after 40 plus years in the business, she's like, best leadership development. I'm glad you pushed me to do that. And and it was one of those moments where I was like, I nearly gave up on that. And I nearly went for the traditional route because, you know, I was like, why am I pushing this so hard? I don't even know if it's going to work. So I was kind of also not quite sure myself. But, you know, I think that's where right now we as professionals go back to this point. I keep reiterating, David, challenge ourselves. I think in all of these things that we're doing right now to sort of go, why are we doing it? And could we do something different? And let's try it. So I think the pilot piece to me, like, is a key thing for an HR professional because you'll get so much resistance if you try and do it at scale. We'll try it out, see what happens, and then try and land it globally. Yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Perfect lead-in to the, to the last question, actually, Charlie. This one we're asking everyone on the series. Um, you, what is the role of technology in supporting employee experience? I mean, that, to me, is, um, is absolutely at the heart of it all. I mean, I think 
we are, and this is where I think, again, the scale-up piece has been interesting for me. We're just about to implement a new ATS technology that we will have kind of probably done and implemented in the sort of one to two months. Yeah. And, and, and I think that speed to adoption and sort of implementation is just at a rate that I've never seen. And I think that what I see here right now is all these, these disruptors, a bit like ourselves in our market, coming in with sort of point products. And, and I think what's going to be really important for HR people is to sort of not just buy things for the sake of buying things and launch them, is like to really take a step back and go, okay, what is you trying to do here? What, what is the overarching goal and what's the kind of architecture of things? But like, you know, if you're not embracing technology, um, I genuinely think like you, you you're you're going to do yourself out of a job very shortly in this world in our profession because I think it's just it's changing everything and I think that sort of idea of what um, Netflix did to the kind of movie industry that's happening right now I think in our business and I think it's like okay we'll embrace it see the opportunity move yourself up the stack in terms of where you're adding value and um, be okay with this or automation and digitization that's going on and think about that experience like experience that we love when we buy from amazon because it's just so simple it's so intuitive it, it makes our life so easy and we all all still going oh god that just arrived i just put it i put it in my cart just a few hours ago and it's here like that is that experience i think is you know more and more expected in this particularly hybrid workplace where people are kind of going from Amazon to whatever they're doing transactionally in their employer and then expecting that similar level of experience. So I think we've got, to, I just think we've just got to embrace it. And I think, you know, it's not easy. So I would sit and say that's the, the bit. It's easy to say it's much harder to do, but I think that is just the huge opportunity for, for our function. And I guess it's also that, that, that scale that you talked about and that personalization as, as well. You know, you talked about that. You know, let's collect the right data. If we collect the right yeah. data, we can personalize it for, for employees as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charlie, it's been a great, great discussion. I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed listening to you and hearing your story and, and the work that you're doing at Mambo. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Thanks for being a guest. How can listeners stay in touch with you, follow you on social media if you do social media and, and find out more about Mambo? Yeah, absolutely. Follow follow me on social media. Reach out uh, through social media for anything I can uh, help anyone with. And yeah, likewise back to you, David. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's great to get out and uh, just spend a bit of time reflecting on uh, you know what what's been going on this last sort of seven or eight months. It's been pretty uh, pretty intense, but yeah, really that, rewarding. So good, good. It sounds yeah. like I'd love to hear more. I mean, you know, maybe a year's time, two years yeah. time. You know. As, on the progress but uh, but yeah it's been fantastic to, to 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 listen to you charlie thank you very much definitely thanks david have a good one thank you for tuning in to this episode of the digital hr leaders podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you did enjoy listening please do rate the show with five stars on apple podcasts or spotify and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media we rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast for more from us at insight 222 be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. We'll be back next week for episode five of series 21, where I'll be joined by Isabel Chapuis and Gabrielle Rizzo, 
who have just written a new book on the future of HR. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and take care.